Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Demko. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast. You know, um, during the course of the year, we have a chance to talk to some really uh, incredible guests, hear some incredible stories uh, during the podcast, you know, hunters across the country. But this might be one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. Uh, today, we're very excited. We have Ian Craig. He's a bow hunter from Northwestern Pennsylvania, and he had a chance to go on an elk hunt uh, during the state's archery elk season last year. Ian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so um, let's back up a little bit. Um, how did you get starting in bow hunting? My understanding is you've been bow hunting for about three or four years, but uh, what made you first pick up a bow? Well, I shot a little bit whenever I was a kid. Uh, one of my buddies, Evan Bice, and a few guys down the road, uh, they archery hunt, and my buddy got a new bow, so he said, hey, I'll sell you my bow so you can you know, kind of start shooting and getting into it. And uh, so I bought that bow off him about four years ago. Um, I shot, shot it for about a couple months. Um, archery season came up and, uh, my family has a meat market, Henry's in Harrisville, and we still process deer. So it was kind of hard. Like I got out a couple times, but it really wasn't, you know, with us processing, it was kind of hard for, for me to get out. Uh, and then the next year, uh, so in three years ago, I had to have elbow surgery, so I couldn't pull my bow for a whole year. So really I started archery hunting about two years ago and, uh, I love it. Just, you know, just how tough it is compared to rifle hunting and, you know, just, you know, the rut's just amazing. I don't know. It's hard to, you know, it's just cool. Yeah. Now without spilling all the beans, I, I, I would tell you, you went through a lot of hurdles, um, to a, um, go on the hunt and then be score on a bull. And it's a pretty magnificent bull. But, um, you know, the first things first in, in Pennsylvania, they only give out a hundred and some elk tags a year. So when you draw an elk tag, it's like winning the lottery. Uh, how many years did you apply for a tag? Uh, and the reason I ask you that is I think I've been applying for 14 years and I've never even sniffed a tag for elk. So I've, I've only applied for two years. So I applied last year and this year. And, uh, this year, honestly, I wasn't even going to apply because I was, I was thinking, you know, there's no chance of me drawing a bull tag and all that. And, uh, my fiance said, well, you know, for the money, you might as well just apply. It's, you know, it's worth a shot. And, you know, I applied and picked zone four and I just, I just got lucky. Well, congratulations on that. And for, for people who are listening to the podcast, Pennsylvania's had a, uh, what I would say is a, a, a nice but small-sized elk herd for, uh, I don't know, probably 100 years now. And uh, a couple of decades ago, they started offering um, hunts. And the herd is primarily located in the northwestern, north-central part of the state. But it's also known um, as a herd that has some tremendous bulls in it. So Ian, you, you were fortunate. You drew a tag your second year, really fully mm -hmm. archery hunting your, your second year of applying for a tag What were the next steps. Um, you live a little bit away. You don't live across the state from the elk country, but you live a little bit away. So how did you go about selecting an outfitter, doing some of your research and scouting and things like that? So I live about two hours away from, you know, where the zone I drew, uh, my, family friend has a camp up in the Penfield area. So, you know, I'm kind of, I knew of 
like Yelk and Benazette, but I didn't know like all the different hunting zones. Um, it was actually a Saturday, you know, the day that I drew the game commission called me and congratulated me for pulling a tag. And then as soon as that, as soon as I got off the phone with them, I was like kind of in disbelief that I drew a tag and, uh, my phone just kept ringing all day. I must've got 25 phone calls, with different people from outfitters. And it just like, it was just overwhelming. So, uh, yeah, so that was on what August 21st. So the 29th, like the, not the Sunday, and then the next day, like, like eight days later, mm-hmm. I had a meeting with, uh, three different outfitters. I had, uh, with John from Elk County Outfitters, the one I went with, and then I had one with Hicks run and then another one with, uh, Oh, trophy, trophy rack. So I ended up meeting with John, uh, who was my guide. And then Eric, the, he was our caller, our other guide. I met with them and we talked for about an hour and a half. I took my bow, we shot a little bit and, uh, we just had that connection right off the bat that I didn't even go meet with any of the other two outfitters. I just knew that's, that's what, that's who I wanted to go with. And it was actually, so we got the bow out, we shot a couple and, uh, there was actually two bulls over in like John's side yard of his camp there that was in zone four. So I kind of got to see a couple bulls like right off the bat and it was just, you know, it was a cool experience. Yeah. Now, um, you know, as we're preparing for the hunt, I'm guessing you were obviously uh, shooting a bit, getting up to the, the archery season and um, how far were you practicing with your shots and things like that? What, what were you prepared for as far as a range? So with, within my two years of, you know, my two years of like archery hunting and like four years of shooting a bow, I really never shot over 40 yards. But whenever uh, we went, whenever I went and talked to the guys, they said, just shoot, shoot out to 60. He's like, be comfortable shooting 50 and 60. He said, you know, we're we're probably not going to take a shot that far, but, you know, just shoot it. So I would shoot hundred, you know, I had, so whenever you draw to the time that you go hunt is about three weeks. So I basically had three weeks to get ready. So I was shooting a hundred arrows a night and I would just start, you know, I'd shoot, I'd start shooting, you know, 10, I'd shoot 10 arrows at 10, 10 at 20. I'd go back to 60 and then I'd work my way back. So I was shooting a bunch just trying to get ready, but yeah, I was shooting out to 60. Yeah. And so then September came and went and it was time for the hunt. Uh, let's walk us through that experience. Cause yeah, uh, you didn't end up getting a bowl in the first or second day. You actually put some uh, leather on the ground, didn't you? Oh yeah. We walked upwards to 65, 70 miles in the nine days we hunted. It was an incredible, incredible experience. But the uh, first day of the season, the 11th, I had a wedding, so I, I didn't hunt. So the 12th was the Sunday I moved it, you know, moved up to camp for my, I figured I'd probably be there maybe two weeks, you know, the rest of the two week season. And then, uh, we basically went and did some scouting on Sunday, you know, shot the bow. And then Monday morning was our first, first day of hunting. We, uh, we went out in the morning, saw a little raggy, you know, and, uh, it was real hot that first week it was upper eighties. So the elk really weren't moving. So we were really hunting in the morning and the evenings. So, you know, we would hunt, you know, from, we'd get out in the woods about five in the morning, 
we were usually back to the truck by nine 30 and then we'd go back out at probably about three o'clock. And so the, you know, the first day we saw that, you know, that little raggy, and then we went to a different spot in the evening hunt. Um, and it was actually the, the clover patch that I killed my bull in, but we didn't see anything. We hunted there until right before dark it started pouring. Uh, so we, we got out of the woods and, uh, on the way out, we saw like 10 bulls crossing the road. It was, you know, a pretty cool experience. So that got me, you know, got me excited for the next day. And then, uh, Tuesday, the second day I hunted, uh, it was a real foggy morning from all the rain from the night before. And, uh, we had a couple bulls going, uh, and, uh, Eric actually called a six by six into 20 yards. It was awesome because this bull just comes out of the fog, you know, and there he is 20 yards broadside. I was full drawn on him. And, uh, John looked at me and said, you know, I, I won't tell you not to kill it, but I know we have bigger. It's your second day. So I kind of watched him for a couple minutes and watched him go. And, you know, I kind of wondered, I was kind of, I was, I was kind of nervous. I was like, well, I hope I didn't just pass that and then, you know, leave here empty handed, but you know, it ended up working out in the long run. Uh, Wednesday we saw a couple bulls, but we couldn't, you know, we, you know, we just couldn't make it happen. Uh, Thursday we had no luck in the morning, but in the after the evening hunt, we had a uh, beautiful eight by eight come out to, 70 yards you know he was just kind of raking the ground you know but just wouldn't come you know that extra that extra distance and he came into he did come into 59 yards and uh it was right before dark and john said well what do you want to do here he's like you want to take a poke at it at 60 and i said well what are the odds that it jumps my arrow or duck my ducks my arrow and he said, I've never seen an anim animal that big duck an arrow. So I, I drew on him. I, I let my arrow fly and he ducked my arrow. His back went to his stomach. And then he went out five more yards and he started bugling, chuckling at me and just kind of hung out there. So, you know, I had a miss and, but, you know, and then uh, leading into Friday, we saw nothing. Uh, Saturday, we, Saturday, we chased a nine by seven and probably three and a half miles. It seemed like as soon as we would get ahead of him, you know, we, where we thought we were ahead of him, he was, you know, five steps ahead of us. And it was just playing cat and mouse all day. And, you know, we didn't get to him. And then Saturday evening, we, we had no luck, just a bunch of coyotes. So, and then Sunday, we took the day off. Monday, we didn't see anything in the morning. And then uh, Monday evening, we had six bulls out in the field. Uh, one, one was a big bull, um, but he just didn't work his way up. Um, I actually ended up having uh, five by five at 14 yards standing right in front of me. You know, we were staring each other in, uh, in, in the eyes, but uh, no, we couldn't get a shot at him either. So it really all went into Tuesday, the day I ended up killing. So.
So now you're talking about being on the field over a week here hunting. You had a missed opportunity. You passed on a really nice bull. Um, you were obviously looking for something special. Um, was there any point where you thought, man, I may not get this done. I'm running out of time. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, since I live so close, I kind of came home and took a day off just because, you know, all that, all that walk in and it was, I was just worn, like starting to get worn out both mentally and physically, you know, from, and so I just took a day at home and kind of relaxed and I came back up Monday and, you know, Monday, seeing all those bulls, it, I kind of felt like, you know, the next nice bull I have, no matter what it is, five by five, six by six up, you know, I wasn't looking for, I really wasn't looking for what I got. You know, I passed that six by six the second day and only because I knew I had, you know, a week and a half left. So that my mindset for that last week, you know, the first decent bull I see within range, I'm shooting. And then, you know, that ended up being the, you know, the state record. So, yeah, so funny how so, things work out. So, yeah. So now we're on Tuesday. And as you just mentioned, you actually got what is going to be the the new state record archery bull. It's a bull that scores uh, 400 plus points, just over four, 400 uh, inches. So uh, tell us about what happened there on Tuesday and how the hunt went and how everything unfolded. Yeah, Tuesday morning was just... Uh, well, just hats off to Elk County Outfitters, man. Uh, every other bull hunter they had killed. So all the all the rest of the guides were still on vacation. So we had probably 10, 12 guys with boots on the ground looking for bulls in our zone. And, you know, it was just everybody was looking for that bull. In the morning, it was – in the morning, we had no luck. It was just, you know, we walked probably – six miles before nine 30 in the morning, but we just, it just didn't seem like, you know, we could get it going. And my dad actually took that day off work and he was there with us whenever we were in that other clover field, you know, the, the field I ended up killing, but the, the first time we were there on the first night, my dad said, you know, I really like that clover field. Why don't we go back there tonight? So we ended up going back to that clover field Tuesday night around four, four, four thirty, uh, like about four o'clock we got, you know, we parked the truck and then we had about a mile walk into the woods and we get to the clover field and there was a cow out, out in the field. And, uh, John looked at me and said, no, it was, yeah, they looked and said, if, if this cow barks at us, we're screwed. Cause we had a couple bulls bugling back in the, you know, other end of the field. So, uh, yeah. So they, uh, we ended up walking out and, you know, she kind of just, she didn't bark. She just kind of just, you know, trotted off and we got set up and we were, we had six bulls going all around us. So how we were, we were kind of like in the corner of the woods because the field was kind of like a, like a dog, dog leg left. So we were in the corner so we could kind of look at both, both ends of the field. And, uh, we had a bull going to our right, right where uh, Eric was calling. So I was actually looking the opposite way because I thought this other bull was going to pop out because he sounded like he was really close. And then that's whenever John, you know, he grabbed me by the back and he said, that's the bull you want. And then my bull, my bull pulled, like came out of the woods at 300 yards 
and I saw his rack and I just thought, holy moly, you know, you know, don't, you know, don't, you know, we can't screw this one up. So, uh, yeah, that was about five o'clock and five, five thirty. he came out and, uh, hats off to Eric. Eric was calling and he just, he just ate it up. And I think that other bull that was close behind us, you know, he was bugling too, and that just pulled him right in. So in the matter of five minutes, he closed that, you know, 300 yard gap. And, you know, he got into 24 yard, well, 30 yards. He stopped, he bugled. And then he took two more steps in his arm, like his right arm was back and he was looking at me and I was able just to put one right into his heart. And, uh, he, he ran about 50 yards and went down and wow, it was just, we ran out and let, let him go for a couple minutes and we were all in disbelief. You know, it was just, just the way it ended up working out. What's you know, the first we, thing that we went through your mind when you saw him fall over? As soon as I hit him, you know, I saw his, his, his arms buckled and he started like, he started going and I was just like, I was just in disbelief. Eric came running out because he actually fell like right in front of Eric. So Eric came running out towards us and just said, you know, let's give him a minute. And I was just like, you know, holy moly, like, is he really, you know, is he really dead? And the guys were like, yes, <laughs> yeah, he's dead. So we, uh, we, we, we walked up on him and, uh, sorry, somebody keeps calling. We walked up on him and, uh, you know, there he was. And, you know, they, they didn't get me actually killing them on video, but my dad, you know, recorded us walking up on them and you can just keep hearing me say, is he really dead? You know, is he really dead? I just, you know, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. It was, you know, and the, the fact that my dad was there, you know, took the day off work and, you know, he was, you know, 10 yards behind me whenever I shot. So he got to see the whole thing and, you know, it was just, it was just amazing. So, yeah, obviously it's a very special experience and you had an idea that this was a big bowl was the one you were going to take. Your dad was with you. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the dimensions. What, what, you know, what was the size? How many points on that rack, uh, spreading all that good stuff. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a 10 by eight bull. Uh, his, his spread was 49 and six eighths inches. Uh, just thick. I mean, I can't, I can't put my finger, you know, I can't, I can't touch my fingers anywhere on his rack. He's, you know, super thick, you know, I think his main, I think his, uh, I think his main beam is, what is it? I have it written down here. His left beam was 48 inches long and his right beam was 48 and five eighths. So he was, you know, almost symmetrical, you know, five eighths inches off. And that's why he scored so well. You know, just about every point on him was uh, about the same as the other. I only had 16 inches of deductions, and uh, there was one beam, and that's what made him non-typical. There was one beam that didn't have the match on the other side, and that was around 20 inches, and that's what got me the uh, that's what got me the non-typical points. Now um, that is an incredible bull and an amazing story, and, and you know it. it keeps getting better um i heard somewhere along the way that this is a bull that actually traveled pretty far i mean it traveled several miles between the summer range and his fall slash winter range 
Can you share any uh, light on that? Yeah, we were actually uh, after I, you know, after you, after I killed and we got him field dressed, uh, there was actually a guy that has uh, a logging company that logs with horses. So he, we called him and he brought his horse out and that's how we, you know, drug it out of the woods. So I killed at five 30. We got out of the woods around 1130, caught back to camp probably about 12 o'clock. And, you know, we were all sitting there eating supper, you know, talking, laughing, celebrating, you know, and, uh, I had a picture that another outfitter sent me of a bull and we were, you know, just in velvet. So we were just, you know, showing him around. And, uh, Brian said, he said that wasn't in zone. You know, the guy was saying it was in zone one. He said, that wasn't in zone one. That's in zone, I believe seven. And I have, you know, I have all these pictures of him. He pulls out his phone and starts showing me all these pictures. And, uh, they, they ended up having video of him in velvet and, all that in zone seven, which they figured was probably between seven and 10 miles as the crows crow flies from where I killed him. So they, we had no clue that that bull was even in that area, you know? And, uh, they, they believe like the path that he was headed was another about six miles to Winslow Hill. So they believe that that's where he was going because he had no cows with him. Uh, you know, bull his size, he had no cows. It really like he was, we're figuring live weight, 900 pounds. So he really didn't lose that rut weight yet. So we really think like he was just getting the party started. So or at least yeah, working well, on know. it. Um, what were you using? Well, as far as your setup, what was your bow? What arrow? What broadhead? Yeah, I shoot a, uh, I shoot a white nitrum turbo. Um, and then the neighbor guy down the road, he, he shoots competitive. So it was actually one of his old bows. I bought it, uh, two years ago, but it's about a four year old bow. And then he got me, uh, he got me hooked up with some carbon express arrows. And then I was shooting a muzzy trocar. Like it was a two blade fix and then two mechanical. Uh, but then whenever I got there, Eric, Eric said, you know, sometimes mechanicals don't work. I think, you know, you might be better off shooting a fully fixed blade. So then that's when I switched to the, you know, the G5s, they're three blade fixed. And then that's what I ended up killing him with. Well, I mean, as you listen to this story unfold, not only was it an incredible experience and incredible hunters, there's something else we can't overlook. This isn't the case where you actually had like two or three white tails under your belt before you took this elk, is it? No, no, this is a lot of people probably going to hate me for this, but you know, this is the first animal I killed with my bow. So, you know, all the guys were just like poking fun at me, like anything you kill the rest of your life is never going to amount to what this was, you know, your first kill with your bow being, you know, a state record bull, just, you know, like whenever I killed, we knew we had something special. We knew it was over 400, just the guides knew by just looking at it, but you know, never, in my wildest dreams, would I have thought, you know, I'd be taking a state state record bull, you know, it's truly amazing. Well, yeah. And just sh- sh- shout out to shout out to the Pennsylvania game commission, you know, all, all the bulls that I saw this trip, truly amazing, you know, and, uh, just the system they have, they they're growing big bulls. And I truly think like the next, just state rec, you know, the next world record bull will be taken out of Pennsylvania. 
because yeah, my bull was only seven years old. So you imagine if he had two more years to grow, you know, where he, they're in that peak, he would have been truly amazing. He was, still is truly amazing, but he would have been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it, it is an incredible resource um, that the state has as far as the uh, wild elk population. And congratulations to you. That is an incredible first animal to take with your bow. Um, you know, what was the final, the, the final Spoon and Crockett score? What was the official score? So the, the official score, uh, he, he grossed at 416 and two eights and he netted 402 eights. So just in that 400 range where we thought he was in the, he, we taped him uh, a week after I killed him right before, you know, before he had the, the time to dry and, you know, he only lost two inches from where we guessed he was at. So we were right in that mark. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't use this word a lot, but that's truly a monster bull, a monster elk, massive. Now, now what did you have done with the bull? Um, are you having a, a mount made? You just have the, the rack or. Yeah. So, uh, so I was able, uh, obviously my family having a meat market and it, it cooled off that night. So we took him whole to the uh, check station in the morning and, uh, got him, you know, they pulled the tooth and all that. And, uh, I got him home about 10 o'clock on him skinned out. And, uh, I took the hide right to, uh, Simmons wildlife. Uh, it's a guy down the road from our shop in Harrisville. And, uh, he's, he want, he's a, you know, really good taxidermist, a great customer of ours, a great guy. And, uh, so he's working on, he has my hide and everything. And I still actually have my rack down in the garage. So he should be calling me within the next month. You know, I'll take my rack over to him and I'm getting a shoulder mount. So I have a nice spot on the wall picked out. I'm glad. <laughs> I would, I'd hope so. <laughs> glad, glad whenever, uh, glad whenever we finish my place, I put in 18 foot ceilings. It'll be able, be able to fit in there, you know? Yeah, no. Um, when, when you were hunting, I, I, I forgot to ask, was this public land, private land, or was it a mix of both? Yeah, it was a, it was a mix of both. Um, but where I killed was, it was a timber company bought 10,000 acres, but they used, like they got financed through the state government. So it was private but public like they had to open up so much of it to public hunting but then again shout out to the guides they uh you know they made friends with all those loggers and stuff so they were able to get us into um a lot of areas that you know most people couldn't get into yeah. by just you making know, those connections uh i think what you're referring to is is the state of pennsylvania has a a pretty excellent public access program where private landowners mm -hmm. will open up their lands and that's both forest lands like we're talking about and also farmlands. So uh, the state has an extensive game land system, a lot of public lands, but then they also have private lands that are open if you ask permission. So um, kudos to them and, and to your, to your guide and to Elk County outfitters. And obviously congratulations to you for taking, I, I don't think we're off base when we call that a once in a lifetime bull. Yeah, I don't. I truly don't think I'll, I'll ever top it unless maybe I uh, pull another PA tag someday. 
So before we let you go here, you've got a, a 400 inch bull, your first animal ever taken with a bow. What's next on your bucket list as far as archery owning? What's your next goal? Um, I'm going to start applying for Kentucky for, for elk. And, uh, I have points out in Wyoming for, uh, mule deer and antelope. So, uh, hopefully here in the next couple of years, I pull a tag out there and I get to take my bow out West and maybe get something out there. Well, Ian, thank you so much for joining us on the bow hunting podcast to share your story of your hunt for the new state record non-typical archery bull last year. Uh, it is a truly amazing animal. And like I said, you, you like you said, both of us, you put so many miles on for you got that shot on day nine of the hunt, but it ended up being all worth it with a once in a lifetime animal. Uh, good luck as you get out uh, hunting this year. And thank you to everybody for joining us on the Bow Hunting Podcast. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com. <laughs>